Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again to talk about something that perhaps is fading away a bit. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, certainly is, Sean. Uh, the mini bar is something that people often enjoy. Others are very scared of and mm, run away from yeah, them. Of course. Be- the people are really terrified of mini bars because they're so tempting and everything looks lovely and they're gorgeous little tiny bottles. But if you dare to... Uh, you know, engage with that temptation. Suddenly, your bill is twice. Of, yeah, because it's what you really expensive. It to be. Occasionally, be, occasionally, they'd say, "Did you have anything from the mini bar?" Yeah, like, uh, no. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that Toblerone wasn't there to begin with, so I, I, I don't know what you mean. Um, yeah, no, it's certainly, certainly in decline. Um, it came into my head last week, Sean, because I was away. I was away foreign. Yeah. And uh, when I got into the hotel, <laughs> I'm like a kid in a hotel room. I do a quick lap of the hotel room to see what's going on. What do I have? What toiletries are there? Are robes provided? How many towels are yeah. there? Um, you know, th- I still get excited that there's a TV and a remote control, even though no one uses TVs yeah, anymore. You know, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I open the wardrobe to see if there's a mini bar. Mm. There was a mini bar, or at least I thought there was. Oh. There was a mini fridge. Yeah. And I opened it and it was empty. Yeah. The disappointment. Well, yeah, but that seems that. to be more the norm now. It's weird. Now, it's, I'm not saying that I was going to buy everything out of the mini bar. I'm mm. not saying that at all. What I am saying is that I want to open the mini bar and see the possibility of the glamour of yeah. the mini bar. Yeah. That if I drink enough in the restaurant and the bar downstairs, that at some point I might have the option of opening a tiny bottle of Jack Daniels. Yes. Okay, it's a it's a tempting prospect, uh, <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. but the, like, it's an odd thing though, really, if you think about it, having a, a mini bar, a fridge in your room, when you know it, people can order that stuff uh, um, to their room anyway. Why would you need to have it in your room? That's a really good point. Um, so yeah, I mean, why bother? Because you can get room service. I suppose room service takes time. There's something about the spontaneity of having a mini bar in your room that benefits not just the resident. And this goes back to why the mini bar was invented in the first place. You've tapped into the kind of the genesis of it there, Sean, with your question. Because when it started in 1963 in Washington, D.C., in the Madison Hotel, Anyone who's been to D.C. will know that it's one of the chicest places in town. It's where a lot of political heavyweights go and deals are done. Um, Particularly ugly, kind of brutalist in a 1960s building, but very posh on the inside. It was there that the minibar was born in 1963, just after the the Cuban Missile Crisis. JFK as president. Camelot in power. It was a glamorous time in DC. And um, the the manager of that hotel, um, uh, a Marshall Coyne, sorry, not the manager, the developer, the man who built it, he decided to uh, 
install these fridges which had been invented in Germany just a few months previously. Now you kind of think to yourself, well, what's the difference between a normal fridge and a mini bar fridge? Well, there's a lot of difference. Um, they were developed by a company called Seagas in Germany, as I said, in the early 60s. And they're actually designed especially to cool through the glass uh, through to cool the spirits uh, at a very consistent temperature. But not not only that, if you look at a mini bar properly, they're designed obviously to hold very small bottles. Mm. Um, as I discovered when I was trying to shove a 1.5 litre <laughs> of water into my empty mini bar <laughs> last week. Just doesn't work, Sean. Yeah. Does not work. Um, the racks and the kind of half cages are designed to hold the bottles individually. Mm. Um and you, if you look in a mini bar properly, it's actually very, very carefully arranged, particularly nowadays. And I'll come to the reason for that in a moment. But um, it was about 10 years later when the mini bar truly went global. And this was down to the Hilton Hotel, of course, one of the biggest chain of hotels in the world. And certainly was even in nineteen mid 1970s. There was a man called Robert Arnold, who was the head of beverages in the Hilton Hotel in Hong Kong and he ordered 840 of these mini fridges and installed them in every room in the hotel and he put the tiny bottles of liqueur of liquor in in the fridges he kind of got the idea from when he was flying um, from Bangkok to Hong Kong he was served a small bottle of uh, whatever it was um, gin or, or whiskey and he thought, wow, what if we put those in hotel rooms? Because people might not want to open a full bottle if they're only staying for one night. Mm. Makes sense. So he kind of, he transplanted the airplane mini bottle to the to become a hotel mini bottle. You still get those mini bottles on airplanes to this day, of course. Now, what's important here in 1974 for the Hilton and for hotel business in general is that there was an almost immediate 500% increase in room service drink sales in that hotel. Wow. So this is a very long way of answering your initial question is why bother... Uh, having a minibar when you can just order room service because what the hotel management realised was that people were far more likely to buy alcohol if it was put in their face rather than if they were reading it on a menu. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is that it's just there. It's so convenient. It's it's almost calling out to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to wait for the dude to come up. And you it's don't an have to tip anyone. Buy. It's an yeah, impulse it's buy. Yeah, it's an impulse buy. So, um, and it had a five percent boost to the company's bottom line. That's perhaps more important because Crikey. when Hilton, the global chain, saw what great business this new innovation was doing in Hong in their Hong Kong outlet. They put it into all their hotels globally. And, of course, a big company like Hilton, uh, imitators then followed suit and the mini bar became truly a global thing by the early 1980s. Yeah, and, and if anybody's listening to this and, and uh, saying Simon Tierney's coming here to talk about a mere frippery, uh, the, it was the mini bar essentially that ended the Cold War. Oh, God, yeah, it was. Um, you're right, Sean. It was... Uh, the 1986, uh, sorry, uh, 1987 trip of the Soviet delegation led, uh, of course, by Mikhail Gorbachev, the very end of the Soviet Union, the last three or four years, 
he came to DC for this big summit with Reagan and they stayed in the Madison Hotel where of course the minibar was first used mm. uh, two decades previously and it became apparent after a couple of days that the minibars in the bedrooms of the Soviet delegation were having to be refilled not on a daily basis but more on an hourly basis. <laughs> Um, <laughs> chalk that down to expenses yeah. um, and this story became kind of legendary around Washington circles and it got to the point where the head of the delegation had to ask the manager of the hotel to stop refilling the minibars in his staff's bedrooms and it was even referenced in the late Colin Powell former Secretary of State in his memoir my American Journey, who would have been part of the American delegation at that time, he noted that the Soviets had racked up a $1,400 bill on minibar alcohol in a single night during their stay in the Madison Hotel. Wow. That's 1987 prices. prices. Yeah, That's a lot of money. <laughs> On the minibar. <laughs> That's extraordinary. Uh, Eamon on Twitter says, uh, I saw the comedian Rich Hall in the Olympia. Uh, Rich was staying in the in the Morrison Hotel. He said he looked at the minibar price list and said, if you want to know how much things will cost in 2050... Uh, and that that's a, that's an issue though i mean they did like as you alluded to already like they're scary and sometimes astonishing how expensive things can be in a minibar yeah they are but it wasn't always that way um they weren't always as expensive um i think they've become increasingly expensive Sean because they're offering increasingly little return for hotel uh, chains. Mm. Um, so it's if you put up the price, then demand isn't as high. But at least if someone buys something, you're going to get a bit of a return on it. Um, the problem is that uh, people are scared of the minibar because they don't want to look at what the bill will be. But also, they've just turned away from it in general because. Um, it's so open to dispute and there yeah. was... But didn't they used to have, I don't know, there was things where like if if you lifted up the bottle, you know, you had kind of 30 seconds to put it back down again and if not, they charged it for it. There was a kind of... Yeah, a, absolutely. I mean, it was in the mid-noughties, I think it was around 06 or 07 that Irish hotels introduced the minibar sensor. Um, so I know, for example, juries, the juries hotel chain, they introduced them in the mid noughties. I don't know if they still have them, but this meant that there was a kind of a, a mini scales under each item. That's why in mini bars you'll notice that each bottle is kind of separate, separate. They're not bunched in together. Mm, yeah. So if you take out one bottle of Grey Goose, then that will be registered on a computer system downstairs and they can automatically... Because do you remember before, there was a, a slip of paper on top of the fridge yeah, that you'd have yeah. to mark it down. It was an honour bar. It was kind of an <laughs> honour bar, honour system yeah. that never worked. But of course, then it, it became a problem with people replacing expensive goodies in the fridge or on top of the fridge with, uh, you know, high street bought ones and there was a problem with people disputing. The, the problem with disputing the bill is extraordinary. It is the most disputed item on a hotel bill and has been for decades, right? Um, 
I was reading Jacob Tomsky. He's uh, he's a former hotel manager and he wrote a memoir of his time working in the hotel industry. And he said, quote unquote, even before guests can manage to get through half of the I never had those items sentence, I have already removed the charges, which is interesting because it's very difficult for hotel managers to argue with what was or was not taken from the minibar, even if there's sensors involved. Was the minibar stocked properly before you came to the hotel room? Mm. Are the sensors working correctly? Did you just pick up the bottle and put the bottle back down again? It's so difficult to police that actually a huge amount of those disputes go the way of the customer as opposed to the way of the hotel manager. That's one thing. The other thing is that nowadays the latest figures show us that just 0.4% of total food and beverage service revenue for a hotel comes from the minibar. So there's very, very little return nowadays uh, for for a hotel. So it's not just that um, customers have turned away from using them. It's also that hotels are not bothered with them anymore because if you really want something, you're just going to call up room service, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. So, in the so the, begs the question, Dal. You go into routinely, you go into a hotel room, and there's still that fridge there. Well, is it just uh, yeah. that like they were there from a bygone era and they haven't bothered moving it, or they intend us to just use it as a fridge? Definitely. So they keep the fridge. So the fridge that I had in my hotel in Portugal last week that was a mini bar fridge mm. that was empty, and we used it for putting, you know baby food in and stuff, water and things like that. Yeah. But it's it's very much a case of, well, we're not going to stock a mini bar anymore, but we'll keep the fridge there because sure, why not? You know, it's there. Yeah, and it, it's as soon as it breaks down, we won't bother using it anymore. But on initial research, um, mini bar is still popular enough in Ireland. Uh, interestingly, the Shelburne still has mini bars in all of its hotel bedrooms. Um, the Marion hotel has many bars and Ashford Castle perhaps okay but that's not the bottom end of the market what about the posh hotels (laughs) I'm just listing the hotels that I've most recently visited Sean I don't know why I don't know if they're high end or not Uh, one texter says drinking the mini bar is guaranteed to give a bang and hangover the worst combo of drinks anyone can consume Uh, Not speaking from experience, of course. Yes, that's a good point because the bottles are so small. And uh, Mark says, while working as a mover in Boston, I worked for a famous baseball player. We took out 20 good-sized boxes of mini-bar contents he had cleaned out in his travels. We didn't get a tip. Wow. Typical. Simon, thanks a million as ever. Simon Tierney there. Uh, Just before we go, uh, if you uh, have a few bob, you can go to the mini-bar. Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.